Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right. How you doing, everyone? I'm Ross Salzberg, and once again, I want you all to listen up here and get a load of this. For all of you nice people out there who are hoping for a Subway World Series this year, it's now official. You can, as they say in Brooklyn, forget about it. Because while the Yankees are busy gearing up for the Cleveland Guardians in the ALDS, the Mets season is over and done with, having been disposed of by the San Diego Padres in three games at City Field. But what bothers me the most is not that the Mets lost, it's how they lost that really eats at me. So like I said, listen up, because you're really going to want to get a load of this. And, you know, folks, when a team wins 101 games, as the Mets did, you know, whether you are unhappy about the way it ended for them, if you're a diehard Met fan or not, uh, you got to realize it was a terrific season. And it was. Didn't meet expectations. And certainly the way it ended up the last week or so of the regular season, plus what just happened in the uh, National League wild card, you know, it's lousy. As the players would say, it sucks. It sucks big time. You want to keep on playing. But what got me, again, it's not, it's not losing. But what happened in particular, not just the series, but, but it just blew me away what happened in the sixth inning of Game 3 last night. You've heard me say this time and time again in many of my podcasts. Many a time you've heard me say how terrific Buck Showalter is. I don't think, quite frankly, I don't think there's a better manager in the game than Buck Showalter. He just, to me, he's a combination of of what needs to be. He's a combination of old school. Plus, he can accept analytics. As far as I'm concerned, you can take analytics and shove them where the sun don't shine, but that's a different story. But Buck just gets it. To me, he just gets it, and, and he was the perfect manager to manage the New York Mets. He, he supplied stability. Quite frankly, he supplied professionalism. The guys went about their business. They were a fun team to watch all season long. And that's why it is, as I'm watching it, because believe me, I'm not going to lie to you, I'm, I'm hoping, I was hoping for a Subway Series. Hey, if you can't dream, what are you going to have? Nightmares. So I'm going to dream like anybody else. You know, certainly it's a long would have been a long way to go for the Mets, and you've heard me say it time and time again, and I'll get into the Yankees in a little bit. Uh, 
I don't want the Yankees looking past the Guardians to thinking about what they got to do against maybe the Astros or, or what happens in the World Series. You take care of the business at hand. But let me go back to last night. The Mets are losing 4 nothing in the sixth inning. Joe Musgrove has got them, you know, they're not doing a thing. I mean, the guy was fabulous last night. I mean, he pitches a one hit of his seven innings. They couldn't sniff him other than a Pete Alonso single, nothing. But then in the sixth inning, Buck Showalter goes out to talk to the umpires, and there's a whole gathering on the field, which I'm sure you've seen, okay? Gathering, and now they're checking his ears. They're feeling his ears and behind his ears, looking for a substance because but there was rumors or talk about a spin rate or this and that. You know, and after the game, Buck said, well, you know, we get information. I get information in the dugout. I, I You know, uh, uh, Musgrove was great, blah, 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 blah. You know, I'm sorry. What Buck did, and I love the guy. Like, I, you've, you've heard me say it. To me, there's no better manager in baseball. But what he did as far as I was concerned, was a total embarrassment. A total embarrassment. And it was the act of a desperate guy losing. And you know what bothers me? Buck is bigger and better than that. Some other guys I might expect it from. I would not expect that from Buck Showalter. And here's why it got me. Buck did it when they were down. They were already down. What were they down? They were already down for nothing. You know what, Buck? If you wanted to rattle Joe Musgrove, if you wanted to rattle Joe Musgrove to get him twisted, you know, maybe throw him off right from the get-go, then you go out and talk to the umpires before they strike first, before they do anything. And then you put it, 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 it I mean, I, to me, it was, like I say, it was the act of a desperate man losing. But at that juncture, it wasn't going to help them. But to me, if you want to throw, if you want to try, if that's in your mind to throw Musgrove off, do it at the beginning. Because you know what? If you do it at the beginning, quite frankly, just for your own sake, you won't look as bad, especially if you're wrong. See, if Buck would have gotten it right and they would have found something, whoa, then it's a different story. But. He didn't get it right. He didn't get it right. I thought Buck looked terrible for doing it. I thought he really looked bad. And everybody involved with the Mets looked bad on that. 
Because you know what the problem was for the Mets? L- listen, we can all talk, you can all talk, all you Mets fans can talk, and the, the critics can talk. They can all talk about how the Met bats went silent. The Met bats didn't do this, and the Met bats didn't do that. And and Buck in the postgame was praising the pitching uh, uh, of the Padres in the series. Listen. Mets lost the first game 7-1. They come back. They won the second game 7-3, which ended up still being a sweat in the ninth inning, but they won that game. And then, you know, they lose last night uh, 6-0. So you can praise all the pitching and, you know, your hitters, you know, didn't do anything. But you know what? That doesn't camouflage what your pitchers didn't do. And what your pitchers didn't do, they didn't pitch. With the exception of uh, uh, of game two with DeGrom, they got nothing. They got nothing from Max Scherzer for the second game in a row because Max was dreadful in Atlanta. And last night they got nothing from Chris Bassett for the second game in a row because Bassett was dreadful in Atlanta. So don't make the poor hitting on your team camouflage the poor pitching. And here's something that hasn't been discussed, quite frankly, and it really surprised me. I don't I don't make like I'm one of these like I'm sitting here going over every statistic and looking back in the history books to see what happened then there and now but if you recall folks Max Scherzer who is a first ballot sure bet into the Hall of Fame guy three Cy Youngs I mean he's he's not good he's great but and here's the big but it's a fair question to ask how many bullets does he have left in his holster? How much can he load up and fire when it comes to October? Why am I asking that question? I'll tell you why I'm asking that question. If you remember last year when he was a member of the Dodgers, and remember when the Dodgers got him, I think he ended up going 7-0. and But what happened? In that National League Championship Series with the uh, eventual World Series winner, Atlanta Braves. He was awful in game two. And he ended up, nah, pulling himself out of, nah, I'm, I can't go in game six. He, why? I'm suffering from a dead arm. I'm suffering from a dead arm. All right? Now, that's not a crime. Max Scherzer was suffering from a dead arm. Now, let's go to this season. Problem the fatigue with the oblique. He felt something. Now, listen, guy knows his own body. I'm not knocking that. I'm not knocking him. The the reason you love Max Scherzer, because when he's on a mound, he's a bulldog. I mean, listen. Whether he stunk, and he did against the Padres in game one. Whether he stunk against the Braves in that big series in the last week of the regular season. He still fought like, he fought like a bulldog. 
That's why you love the guy. But he didn't have it. And you paid a guy $43.5 million a year for this year, next year, and the year after that. And God bless. I was glad he came. So you're not going to hear me knocking it. But now when you look at the history, you say, wait a minute. Now this is two years in a row. The tank was empty when it needed to be full. There was no gas in the tank when he needed to have it. And that, quite frankly, nobody's been asking about that. I didn't hear, I didn't hear, I haven't read uh, all, all the experts on TV, on the radio, talk radio. I, I haven't read anything about it. The questioning of maybe he just has a dead arm. Maybe that's what's wrong. Nothing. And I think that is a reasonable question to ask. I, I went and looked it up because it, it really bothered me. I'm saying this guy, I mean, the guy gave up, you know, like the home runs, it's crazy. In his last two outings. He, he goes, I'm not, this is what he said last year, folks, last year. I'm not dealing with a sprain. I'm not dealing with a strain. Got it? I'm not dealing with a sprain, not dealing with a strain. I'm just dealing with muscle fatigue. It just takes time. This is a workload capacity, and I'm just trying to work through it. He admitted his arm was dead. Sorry. That's a major factor here. So don't tell me about the bats that went silent. Yeah, they did. But if we're going to point fingers at the bats, let's also point and question maybe why is the pitching the way it is? Now, the Chris Bassett thing also, you know, the guy's been money. The guy's been a, a terrific pitcher this year, a rock. He was a constant throughout the year. Solid as a rock. It's awful. Awful. Against the Braves. And I mean, for crying out loud, look what. Where the heck it, I have it someplace here. I'll give it give me a second. I wrote I wrote them down, but they're pitching. I I mean the bottom of the order just killed them. Seven, eight, nine killed them. Hassan Kim walked three times. The seven hitter. Trent Grisham, the eight hitter, was two for two hit by a pitch, and walked RBI. Austin Nola, the nine-hitter, two for three, two RBIs. What are we talking about here? That's what happened. So don't tell me just the Mets' bats went silent. It's far more than the Mets' bats going silent. The pitchers didn't pitch. 
When DeGrom was needed in game two, he was needed in game two and came up in game two. There was just too many strange... You know what I really started thinking about all this with with, with, um, with Scherzer? I really started thinking about it when I was reading prior to this series. When I was reading prior to the series that if... If Scherzer won game one, Buck was going to hold DeGrom back and not pitch him in game two and pitch him in game three if necessary. And then if he didn't have to pitch him in game three, he's got him for the division series against the Dodgers. Well, you know what I say about that? That logic to me is ass backwards. I've said it time and time again. When you have somebody down, you put the hammer down for good. When you're stepping on somebody's throat, you step on their throat for good. You finish them off. You don't put off for tomorrow what you can get done today. And that just to me didn't sound like Buck Showalter. It it, it sounded like two... It, it it just sounded wishy-washy to me. And and when you sound wishy-washy, what happens? Then it makes everybody speculate. Well, what's this? What, his blister, his this and that. Screw the blister. What I want to know is Max Scherzer moving forward. Because you know what? That's an issue. He's being paid $43.5 million next year. God bless. I'm all for, you've heard me say it time and again, make as much as you can. But you're not paying him that kind of money to get you to October. Because once he gets you, or whoever it is, gets you to October, whether it's a pitcher or a hitter, then it's, well, now we need you to step up big time in October. And Scherzer failed to do it this year for the Mets, and he failed to do it last year for the Dodgers. So that's a fair question to ask. What's up with Max? I'm not saying he's done. I'm not saying he's a bum. I'm not saying he's a dog. Anything but. You've heard me describe him as a bulldog. When he doesn't have it, and I saw that, his last two outings, when he didn't have it, he still fought. He always fights. He's as fierce a competitor on the mound as really I've ever seen. But you still need to be able to put bullets in your gun. And he didn't have any bullets against the Padres, nor did he have any bullets against the Braves. So that was an issue. And that's what, to me, just the whole thing led me. When when I watched Buck Showalter standing there and the umpires are checking Musgrove's ears, it just, to me, was a complete act of desperation. And it, I don't know, call it adding insult to injury. You were already losing that was not going to turn anything around. That was not going to turn a damn thing around. 
It wasn't. And if there was such a concern about Musgrove, what did it just come up all of a sudden? If there was such a concern about Musgrove, then you should have should have done it in the first inning. That would have twisted him because you know what he did do? And Musgrove said it afterwards. That fired him up. You saw Musgrove pissed off. He sneered at the Mets dugout. And you tell me anybody else who would, any other pitcher worth his salt would not have done the same thing. I mean, to me, that was the biggest screw up. I mean, you're already down 4 nothing, Buck, and the guy's in total control. Now you want to piss him off to get him angry? That just riled him up. At that point, I knew the Mets were done. Just a lousy way for the Mets to end their season. They had a terrific season. They did some great entertaining uh, I, I mean, you know, th- through their injuries, when they finally got uh, DeGrom back and, you know, Scherzer goes through his, his injuries, then he comes back and pitches six perfect innings. I mean, I mean, it was, th- there was a lot of excitement. And y- listen, y- you got a batting champ in, in Jeff McNeil. You got, what, uh, Alonzo with 40 bombs. And 131 runs batted in. Same as Judgy. Come on. It's a fun season. But it ended lousy. And it ended lousy not just because they lost, but how they went down. They didn't go down, and Buck didn't go down with class. And that, it shocked me. It really, really shocked me. And Buck's the kind of guy that teaches you, you win with class, you lose with class. That was not classy, not the way they went down. Now, as far as the the Yankees go, I'm not making this some kind of preview show. I just think, listen, the Yankees, they were 35 games over 500 for the first 81 games of the season. 35 games over 500. Well, they, they were 53 and 28, I believe. The second half of the season, they were one game over 500. 41 and 40. And believe me, a great part of that, well, the guy did, he's your MVP. What Judgey did all season long was phenomenal. But man, he carried him on those broad six foot seven shoulders of all season long. But in particular, that second half. And when it looked like God knows that, God forbid, when it got down to their division lead, was only down to two games or three games. You're like, whoa. But there was Judgey. And certainly his 62 home runs and the chase to beat Roger Maris. You know, I'm not saying it camouflaged a lot of what went wrong the second half of the season, but it helped everybody focus on, on, on Aaron Judge. But now it's the postseason. And let me tell you something. 
these Cleveland Guardians, I, I'm going to screw this up. I can't believe I haven't done it already, but um, I'm going to make a mistake calling them their old name, I'm sure, down the road. But the Cleveland Guardians, they can pitch, they can play, and the last thing, this is what I want to tell you people, and you've heard me say it ad nauseum, going way back to the trading deadline and all this. The, the Yankees have to make sure that they get something. They, they got to be prepared so they can take care of the Houston Astros in the ALCS. And I kept saying, screw that. Don't be thinking past what's in front of you. What was in front of them was their division. They won that. Now what's in front of them is the division uh, playoff. That means the Cleveland Guardians. And you don't start thinking about anything else but the Cleveland Guardians. And if you're going to beat the Cleveland Guardians, Aaron Judge is going to need some help. Aaron Judge is going to need some help. I'm kind of enthused, more so than I expected to be. I'm I'm kind of enthused about the Yankees pitching, uh, because I'm really high on Nestor. I mean, Nestor's a guy. He looks like he's he. I don't know, fountain of youth, whatever you want to call it. Dose of mental adrenaline. Adrenaline. He doesn't just look phys- physically capable he looks mentally capable he looks like he wants the ball and he's out there and Sevi, Luis I mean he looks ready to deliver something big and of course you have Garrett Cole my concern about Garrett Cole is always the same all the time don't get clipped in the first inning and don't sag your shoulders when things go wrong Okay? Just go take care of your business. Let the pitchers pitch. You know, we don't have to make the game complicated. Let the pitchers pitch and the hitters hit. And Yanks will be okay. Listen what I just said. Let the pitchers pitch and the hitters hit. Unfortunately, the pitchers didn't pitch for the Mets and the hitters didn't hit. Certainly not often enough, with the exception of game two. So they're out, and the Yanks are in. So you ain't going to be taking any subways to Flushing, but you continue taking them to the Bronx. And that, my friends, is now a wrap on today's Get a Load of This. Now I like to be getting a load of you. Let me know your thoughts on today's podcast. As always, you can do so on Twitter at Russ Salzberg, and you can do it on Facebook. And now, got to thank my home here at Believe.com. As I always say, the number one podcast network for professionals. But get a load of this. I also have a new home that I'm very excited to tell you people about. Starting this week and every Tuesday from here on in, you can now see my new get a load of this podcast because it's video and all you got to do is simply download the yes app 
And I got to give a great big thank you to the Yes people for inviting me to be part of their terrific Yes family. But above all, I got to thank you, the people out there, because as always, I say, without you, the people out there, I'd have nobody in here to be talking to. So until next time, it is I, Russ Salzberg, saying bye-bye, so long, and farewell. I'll be seeing you on the Yes app. Have a good week, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.